10 seconds. All right. You know what it is? You know who it is. We're back with another episode of the Thrive Amtap. Been away for a little bit. Had to take a little break. But today we're back with episode 56. It's a 15-minute Amtap. And it's titled 23%. We're going to get into that. But like I said, had to take a quick little break. I uh, just wanted to, you know, come up with some new ideas. Uh, get a new, I guess, love for doing this stuff. Take a step away and see what we can work on and improve on. And, you know, we're back. And I'm excited to be back. And I think we got a cool topic to start us off with. And I don't know if you want to say anything to start, but... Excited to be back. Let's do it. All right. So, today's topic, 23%. We're going to be talking about why fitness and healthcare need to be more aligned. And hopefully we can figure out in this 15 minutes something to fix it or how to fix it. So, I guess my first question is, why is there a gap between fitness and healthcare? Why do you think there's a gap? Well, first, 23%. What does 23% mean? No, 23%. Mean? I think so we're going to get there. But. The, the 23%, I mean, you know, we want to keep you guys somewhat excited about it and wondering what it means, but we got to give you some information before we get into it. So 23% is based off of the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control. They did a study in 2008, and they set a standard for what their expectations were for the American population to be considered active or fit and so these parameters were that folks worked out a minimum of two strength training workouts per week and then either 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorously working out and so at that point what they had done is set a plan by 2020 to have increased the American population to just 20.1%. And we've actually, in 2019, gotten to 22.9%. So tw roughly 23% of the American population currently works out two strength train at least two strength training workouts per week and either 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorously working out. Sounds low. Yeah, it's a little low. You know, that's we got some room for improvement there. There's a lot of people in the world. Only 23% of them are working out. I wonder what that number actually is. The American population? It's 3 billion people. Oh, no, it's the American population. Yeah, is it, or 300 million? 300 million. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 times. So quick math. Do, do, 69 million people are working out. That means there's 200... And 21. 21? 30. I don't know. 21. 221 million people that aren't working out. We do we do fitness. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm <laughs> using a calculator. But anyway, so I guess go back to my question. Why is there a gap between fitness and healthcare, and why do you think that number is so low? Yeah. You want to start or you want me to start? I don't care. Fine, I'll do it. So I think that there – I think the responsibility really falls on to the – entrepreneurs, those of us that got into the industry of fitness to help people. I think generally speaking, 
it's a little bit easier when considering target demographics. So the people that you're looking to appeal to, to look at the folks of people that or the populations of people that are already working out and design programs and marketing for such. And I think that that, broadly speaking, deters new people from really starting up. Starting fitness when you haven't been doing it and you're 30, 40, 50 years old or beyond is pretty intimidating. So when you see programs that are written for people that are maybe a little bit more advanced or have been working out their entire life and that's what your marketing surrounds, I think that that really drives a wedge between just getting people started and that serves as a sort of catalyst for making a, an even bigger gap between trying to standardize fitness so that it aligns with something that can be measurable and repeatable in the healthcare system. I think doctors don't understand it, don't understand fitness. I think a lot of them are, come from a generation where fitness was something else and it was, it was a lot more of a learning process back then and themselves they never you know, have been through anything current in fitness and they don't understand it to a certain degree. So a lot of the times what happens is when someone does get injured is you'll get the recommendation of just resting and you know, you'll get the recommendation of take a break or don't do this, don't do that if it hurts. And I think that gives a bad reputation to working out in general. And I think a lot of people get scared. And then if they do attempt to work out and they do get hurt, that puts a damper on the whole situation because they'll never, you know, they'll never be able to either they'll never have the confidence to try it again. Or if they do, it's going to be in a situation where they might not be in the best position to succeed. So I think that, in my opinion, fitness is a first line of defense in terms of, you know, making sure people are healthy and making sure that if they're going to live longer or live a higher quality life, it needs to be a part of, you know, more than 23% of American population's life. And, you know, with doctors that may not understand it, and it's not 100% their fault, it's just, you know, maybe it's not part of their lifestyle, or like I said, they come from a uh, time when it wasn't really something that was pushed or used for this type of stuff. It was usually used to you know, improve aesthetics or look a certain way where now it's used to increase, you know, performance. It's used to increase quality of life. How you, you know, how we always talk about, like Derek always talks about, you know, picking something off, up off the ground, sitting and standing, pushing a door open, pulling a door open. You know, these things are part of our life and they weren't looked like that, looked at like that a while, like not too long ago. Maybe, you know, I don't know. When was, when was Arnold big? Like 60s? 70s. 70s yeah. yeah so like you know that's only 50 years ago and you know it's only been as of recent that things have been shaping towards you know fitness making a mark in terms of increasing people's health and you know making people feel better and being used to you know not have to look like Arnold but actually just move a little bit better and feel a little bit better and get rid of injury instead of just resting so you know I think that in terms of why there's a gap I think it's because a lot of people don't truly understand what good fitness looks like and then I think it's that you know the medical industry is too caught up in other things you know like other aspects of how to get someone healthy and I think there's obviously a lot of money that's involved there because you know I think that the first the first thing that should be prescribed by a doctor no matter what is movement of some type whether it's 
you know, walking or it's, uh, you know, things like, you know, when we had a conference not too long ago that we went to for Huntington's disease and we just gave people simple things they could do at home where, you know, it's, they could sit down and stand up or they could just lift their arms up overhead or they could just, you know, march in place while sitting or standing. And, you know, a lot of stuff isn't prescribed. It's usually, okay, you have high blood pressure, you take medication. It's usually, you know, you have this or that, you know, take this medication. And, you know, a lot of times if they just got up and moved a little bit or learned a little bit more awareness about their body, uh, and th that would solve a lot of the issues. But, you know, also I think that due to, you know, lack of variability and like fitness and, you know, the lack of job stability, a lot of the good people that do care sometimes can't, uh, they can't maintain or keep a job and they have to go look elsewhere and get a quote unquote like real job. So I think that's You're talking part about of it. instructors. Yeah, instructors. Yeah. yeah, the people that like you know actually live the lifestyle and know the good that it can do, and the people that actually care. And unless you know you go our route and open your own gym, it's it's kind of hard now to become have fitness as a career. And if you're not, you know, I think a lot of I think it's going to change a lot now because I think a lot of younger people are becoming, you know, they're stepping into those roles of the doctors and like the PTs and the uh, you know, the MDs of the world and they've been in a culture of working out and they know what good it can do. So I think it's going to change in the future. But as of right now, I think it's just like an age gap and then a misunderstanding. And, you know, that kind of puts it, puts that gap between fitness and healthcare. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to take my shoes off. If my feet smell, just yell at me or you just point at me. Gotcha. Then we'll know, and you don't have to tell anyone who's listening to this now. That, yeah, odor eaters. Yeah, so we'll just keep it between you and I. Yeah. So what do you think that we do about that? What can we do? Well, like I said, I think it needs to be, fitness needs to be looked at the same as medication. Like just, you know, the, the saying that fitness is, or uh, movement is medicine should be like a legit thing. It should be like trademarked by something and like made, uh, the first prescription no matter what and then unless something is like severe to a point where the person's gonna like obviously die if they don't get some type of help or, or like mediate it in some way that like you know there should be I think that gyms need to be more aligned with healthcare whether that's in the form of you know uh, insurance companies or actual doctor's offices and I think that you know there has to be more which I'll say for you because you can't you were the one who brought it up but like you know, individual design, making sure that people are doing what's best for them and not just best for the gym owner's pocket. Um, and I think that, you know, like I said, I think the job security has to be a little bit better for personal trainers, but I guess that falls into our laps and making that, uh, making that, uh, you know, increasing the job security and making ways for people to actually, you know, make a living off of it. But I think that there's a lot of ways, but I think you know, the number one way is to kind of make sure that the people who do care about fitness can stay within fitness and actually help the people that are there and then get doctors to understand more. Like maybe, you know, it should be a requirement that doctors are working out two, three times a week. Like that, whatever that is. I'd like to see how many doctors are actually working out two days a week. That'd be an interesting like actually, stat to, that, to, to look at. You know, there's, and there's people who are recommending, you know, medications and ways of living and, 
you know, I remember when I was younger, I had a doctor who was telling me I was out of shape and I was like, well, you're out of shape too. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you know, I'd like to see, like I said, how many of those doctors or the people who are actually prescribing these medications are trying it themselves and seeing the benefits that it has. And then from there, you know, I think once they start to see it, it's like, oh, wait, you know, maybe like this is actually something that's good. But again, you know, I think the fitness industry has a lot of things they need to clean up. But I think part of that is the people who do care need to take a little bit more of a step forward and, and show that, you know, it is there is a lot of good in it and that it can it can be a lot of improvement and good. But uh, yeah, I, don't know. I guess that's my opinion on it. Yeah, it's tricky because there, there are a lot of unique programs for fitness that exist out there and they're uh, I'll say this for me I'm just excited to get people moving whatever it kind of takes to get them so long as they're not totally totally injuring themselves and have no business doing certain movement patterns not everything's going to be perfect life's not perfect movement in life is not perfect you don't live in a plastic bubble so if people do decide to do fitness routines that are beyond their ability and that's what they decide to do for exercise and they're happy and they're moving, I'm all right with that. It's the folks, it's the 77% of people that aren't working out now, why aren't they working out? And I suppose for some portion of that population, it's just simply not feasible for them to work out, right? I mean, there are going to be certain people in the elder, uh, in the older age brackets that maybe are in a wheelchair or even bedridden, and maybe there are other folks that, based off of certain disabilities, simply can't. I mean, I would be intrigued to learn those cases to see if, like, when we were at that Huntington's disease conference, we were able to bring everyone through something, <laughs> everyone there. Wheelchair or not, they were able to do something. We were able to help them out with their fitness in some capacity. So if they started doing that stuff every day, they're going to gain fitness. They're going to gain strength. They're going to gain aerobic capacity. So how how many of how much of the percent of population truly cannot work out? And then how do we bridge that gap? How why is the twenty three percent not thirty percent? Why is it not forty percent? Why is it not sixty five percent? You know, there's almost 80% of the American population isn't working out, isn't, isn't fulfilling the requirements set by the CDC in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think the individual design thing, I think once that starts to take off and hopefully we're part of the reason that starts to take off is it's that, critical. you know, like it's absolutely people vital. need to, people are put in a position, like I said, where they, you know, almost can't succeed because they have to do something that they're not, they're not either interested in or they're just not capable of doing at the time. And like individual design, what we do here is making sure that each person gets a program that's designed for them. And that is overall what's going to help lower injury rates. It's going to help lower, you know, insurance costs. It's going to help peak interest and help pe keep people engaged. And when that starts to become the shift instead of, you know, let's fit 40 people in a room because it makes the most sense money-wise, then, you know, I think more people will begin to work out. And I think trainers will become uh, – I'm making a prediction that – fitness instructors are going to be like the next celebrities in terms of uh you know how people view kind of you know like you know the big thing right now is entrepreneurs the big thing right now is like gary v and all these guys who are money makers and i think honestly as that shift starts to happen where people are realizing you know money is nice but like if i can't move 
the money's worthless that you know the people who know how to move and the people who know how to program this stuff and are the, the leaders in this industry are going to be the next kind of highest looked at people so i think that it's really important that you kind of align yourself with the right trainer and align yourself with the right gym and atmosphere because if you're not getting individual design you're 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 paying for something that isn't you know it's not built for you but you know like i said there's pros and there's pros and cons of a gym that is a group model in general but um you know i think individual design has to be one of the first things you, you should look for because that's going to be long term where you're going to get your progress and you know keep healthy and that's what's going to bridge the gap between fitness and healthcare sorry to go on a little rant no it's cool we're over time yeah. but maybe we'll revisit it yeah might be a cool topic to do a part 2 on 23% thank you guys for tuning in we're happy to be back hope you guys are happy to listen in but holiday party december 21st 4:30 on a saturday we got sweatshirts ordered till four, uh, Friday if you're uh, in the gym. But other than that, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks, guys.